Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and we are here today to talk all about the Obi Wan Kenobi teaser trailer for the Kenobi show coming to Disney Plus May 25th. Holy cow! <laughs> I oh my gosh, this entire concept of this show is like very overwhelming to me (laughs) it is so unreal that even just watching the trailer i was like i cannot believe i'm watching this ewan mcgregor being back the fact that hayden isn't in this trailer but hayden's coming back and just like the the prequel essence the fact that this is like rebels time period of a like but it's like live action so it's so crazy to me it just like is boggling my brain it did crazy things to my my psyche as I was watching (laughs) with the music. I'm really excited to dive in and hear what you think and talk about it and dive in. And oh my gosh, Caitlin. So what was your experience watching this trailer? What did you think? I was so excited. I really, I really don't even know. It's like (laughs) hearing the music in this trailer like sent me spiraling in a way I didn't expect. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was watching the Disney shareholders, like their live stream um, because, you know, I was like, I'm going to watch it, see what they say, see if the trailer premieres there. And I was like recording it on my phone too, because I was nervous that like they might not post it. You know what I mean? Like with that infamous, uh, with the Andor clip or no, it's the Kenobi clip that still hasn't been seen. (laughs) It's the Kenobi it's clip. It's the Kenobi clip. That's yeah. still never been seen. I was like, I like, gotta. <laughs> you never know. Also, they've done that before with like the Rise of Skywalker. Like they've done that before. So yeah. you know, I'm not gonna fault you for like recording your screen for that. Literally on my on my cell phone. <laughs> but yeah, it was just I don't there's something about this trailer that feels so good. I, I mean, I know what it is. It's like, it's Ewan, it's Hayden, it's the second trilogy love, it's the second trilogy John Williams music. It's it, and then like having such a big Rebels imprint in this series, in this trailer so far. It's just, it's so freaking cool. Like, I love Rebels and I love Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen <laughs> and we got Luke. There's just, there's so many good <laughs> things in this trailer and I don't know, we'll talk about this, but it felt, it felt so cinematic in a way that mm-hmm. um, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett did not like the, the vibes of those trailers were great. Like we've got the trailer reactions, had a good time with those trailers but the Kenobi series feels so much larger scale. And I think probably because it is. Um, and we talked about this a lot with Boba Fett in that, like, for the most part, they were on, yeah, Tatooine, except for, like, our Mandalorian episode. So it's much smaller scale in that sense. And even though we're back on Tatooine with Kenobi, it feels so much larger scale. And uh, I don't know. I'm so excited. It's funny how the book of Boba Fett made me like tattooing a little bit more. So now yeah. I don't really care. Right. It's really weird how that happened. I mean, if we get a third show on tattooing, I might change my tune a little bit, but. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but still, like, I'm so with you. And I feel like, number one, this is a teaser trailer. The way that they label it is teaser trailer, meaning that there's probably going to be a full trailer later 
of course there will be. I feel like this marketing for the show is going to be pretty robust and pretty epic. And this trailer is a minute and 46 seconds. It's long. That is way longer than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And just the very fact that there's like a lot of different segments in it and things and like character close-ups. And I felt like the filming was really dynamic. I think you're right in the fact that it, it felt really cin- cinematic. But I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like the camera angles felt really different to me. And I guess that's maybe because we're really used to the John Favreau type style of yeah. Star Wars live action. This is the first time that we're experiencing something different from the Favreau Filoni of it all. And it's a breath of fresh air. I feel like I already feel that. Yeah. That it's it just feels different. And I'm really excited about it. I I'm with you. The music really took me by surprise. First off, the Battle of the Heroes, which like makes perfect sense that they would start there because we're reminded of the last time we saw Obi-Wan was Revenge of the Sith. And then the Duel of the Fates when the logo starts. Like, are you kidding? And then at the very end, the Anakin's Dark Deeds. And people are talking about all the, how the fact that there's like all these other little themes sprinkled in throughout. And I haven't even caught those. And I don't know. This trailer really sent me into orbit. The beginning even sounds like the the Last Jedi's like yeah, um, beginning of that trailer, which is the most epic trailer, which really does like launch you into this the thought that it is a theatrical cinematic trailer. Like I felt like I was watching a movie, and I'm sure that's what they're going for with the concept of a limited series. It's a six hour movie, right? So. I don't know. I am so excited. You keep mentioning Hayden Christensen, by the way, who isn't in this trailer at all. But like, I can't not be excited about the Hayden Christensen of it all. Like, I'm so pumped. Well, I I will say in the shareholders meeting, the way that it was introduced, the the trailer, it was the long awaited return of Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, which I was like, yes. In the duel of the showdown of the century or whatever. They didn't say – That thing that Kathleen Kennedy said a while ago. Yeah, but they didn't say that. They just said the long-awaited return of Ewan and Hayden, and then the trailer started. Mm, Yes. Right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was so good. Um, I was in a meeting when it happened. So when Caitlin sent the text that the trailer is here, I was like counting down the minutes until my meeting, which ran over – of course, of course. <laughs> was done. I, uh, yeah, it always happens. Um, yeah. So, ah, so excited. I cannot wait. This is the thing that Caitlin and I have been looking forward to the most for years. So, oh my God. Okay, Caitlin, let's dive in. What did you love about it? What did you want to start with? Let's go. Oh boy. <laughs> I feel like this is such the struggle with trailer reactions because, yeah. right, it's just such a quick succession of images and like small clips but they're all so good and the thing that I've kind of been thinking about and this is at the this is at the end of the the teaser trailer or like the beginning of the end I should say but it is uh when we see I think Reva Reva walking down a hallway and she puts her hand over this Mm -hmm. like etching on the wall and I think it's the Jedi Mm -hmm. symbol and mm-hmm. I'm kind of obsessed a little bit. Like I, it reminded me of in the book of Boba Fett when we had our first Din episode, right? And he was looking for um, the armor, and he was like following the Mandalorian symbols written in like invisible ink <laughs> all over that mm-hmm. planet. It kind of reminded me of that. And like, if they're hunting Jedi. Is this mark of the Jedi, this symbol? I can't even see it that clearly, but I'm pretty sure it's the Jedi symbol. Um, 
if people yeah. are following that or if other Jedi are leaving it behind as like a a symbol that they were there, that there are still other Jedi out there. Like, what is it? And I, I just think that's really interesting. And it reminded me of this conversation that I feel like we're constantly having of how do the Jedi go from popular, like being all over the galaxy and being well known to being relegated to like myth in a period of, you know, about 30 years or so. I think that's such an interesting part of the story that we haven't gotten a ton of detail on. And I kind of feel like Kenobi would be a good place to thread some of those details about just how effectively they're eradicating the memory of the Jedi and also kind of forcing people to talk about them as if they didn't exist with propaganda and things like that. So Yeah, totally. I didn't even realize that this was a Jedi symbol until you wrote it in our notes. I was going to ask you what it was because I just uh, couldn't really see. But regardless, the fact that there's like symbols or like it's an etching, right? So yeah. I my perspective is that this is in a public place and it is like a reminder of the past. Mm-hmm. This show takes place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So we're 10 years after the fall of the Jedi. And I think that that's a really interesting period because 10 years is a long time, but it's also not that long. So there are people who are going to be like only 10 years ago, was it like this? Like we were experiencing the war and that was terrible. And that was, it ravaged this planet. You don't, you don't know how that's going to be, but I can see that being a thing. And then for the past 10 years, now it has been the empire and we can't speak of those times anymore. We can't speak of our heroes that were everywhere on the hollow net. And it reminds me of how Sabine in Rebels you know, she has the whole graffiti aspect of her personality. This, she's an artist, and she creates the um, the rebellion symbol that is very similar to the Jedi symbol, right? It's just like yeah, a little different. And um, <laughs> I, it's a symbol. It's a tag that reminds people of what they're fighting for. And I think this is the same thing here, except this is a more relic of the past. And you're so right. I think it's really interesting. I also would say, like, just to pivot a little bit, that the beginning of the trailer really does zero in on like sort of my expectation of what I originally thought the Obi-Wan Kenobi show would be. And that is Obi-Wan living alone in the desert. So we get like a couple of like images of him trying to figure out what his life is in on tattooing, I suppose. And then obviously we get the shot of Luke, but only after that do we dive into the duel of the fates music and Caitlin and I have been talking I guess for the past couple of months about how we were reminded of Dave Filoni's brilliant sort of speech <laughs> soliloquy monologue um, that he gives uh, during the um, Disney gallery for the Mandalorian season one that everyone was really captivated by and he talks about the Phantom Menace and Duel of the Fates and I couldn't help but think about the beginning of this trailer and the sequence there and thinking about the use of the of Duel of the Fates, first off, the fact that the duel is over the fate of Anakin. And now potentially we're in a show where there could be another rematch of the century, a duel over the fate of Luke or Leia or the knowledge of the twins. And I think we know how it's going to end, which will be an interesting situation about how they're able to build that sort of tension in the show. It is my like one concern about that. But um I, I think that I was thinking a little deeper about the music and things like that. And I was just brought right back to 
the fact that that music cue plays after we see Luke and how so much of Obi-Wan's life is in order to keep Luke and Leia hidden and protected and how much of that is going to be a theme in the show. Yeah, I think bringing up that Dave Filoni quote, I was actually trying to find it and I couldn't find it, is like, (laughs) I think it's important, especially thinking about like how close this is to Rebels and kind of the similar themes that we're going to see played out um, in the Kenobi show and like the the same kind of, I guess, like political climate that's happening in the Star Wars galaxy at the time, but told explicitly from a Jedi's perspective, obviously like Kanan, Kanan never considered himself a Jedi, but you know, he, he was <laughs> for all intents and purposes. I think he had the, the heart of a Jedi, even though he often didn't consider himself one, whereas it's completely different for Obi-Wan, who and who was also like an adult during the Clone Wars and things like that. Um, but you talking about like Sabine and the and like that Rebels connection, and of course we'll talk about the Grand the Inquisitors and the Grand Inquisitor and, and everything. Um, but then also Dave, it reminds me of our discussion that we had about Obi-Wan in Twin Sons. Um, the Rebels episode, Twin Sons, and this conversation of the Chosen One. And we talked about like mm-hmm. You and I were talking about, you know, who is the chosen one? Is it Anakin and and is it Luke or is it Luke? And, you know, who does a creator like Dave think it is? Who does a creator like Deborah think it is? Um, And then I think we kind of came to the conclusion in that episode that it doesn't matter who any of us think it is. It matters who it matters who Obi-Wan thinks it is. And you and I kind of, or I know I did, kind of came to the conclusion that by the time we get to Twin Sons, like Obi-Wan has to believe that Luke is the chosen one or else kind of like, what is he doing? Um, If it's not to protect the fate of the galaxy and also as like recompense for his friend Anakin, whom he probably believes he fails on some level. And so I kind of wonder if we'll also see the development of like Obi-Wan coming to terms with this idea of who he thinks is the chosen one. And this is kind of what we see them talking about in The Phantom Menace too, um, of Qui-Gon trying to convince Obi-Wan that Anakin is the chosen one. And Obi-Wan is the super skeptical one about bringing Anakin to the Jedi Order. And so to kind of see, like, I wonder how many parallels there will be to Obi-Wan in The Phantom Menace with, like, this small kid and how he thinks about the small kid between Anakin and Luke. And I think that's going to be that's going to be really cool to watch. I'm really glad you brought up Twin Sons because I think this is the – that's the point where it's a little bit – it's a couple years after um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show that we're watching. But it's important because in our discussion, you talk about the – chosen one and how Obi-Wan needs to continue to believe in that. And that's why he's there. He's protecting. It's a very big, it's of very big importance to him. Like that's the whole thing. Right. And in that episode, actually, when we talked about twin sons, we also talked about the concept of moral relativism and how um, that's essentially (laughs) a certain point of view. And it's all things are true or false based off of their your relativity to the subject. And I I think that's interesting. And I don't I'm not interested in diving into a conversation about moral relativism because I think it's a hot topic and but and I'm glad we had the conversation we did in that Twin Sons episode. But I think in order to like aid to that, I, I want to talk about how this teaser actually references the Jedi Code and how the Jedi Code leaves a trail of what is that? What is the the line? Let's see. Compassion. The Jedi. 
Yeah, the Jedi code cannot help. The Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leads a trail. The Jedi code is like an itch. He cannot help it. Like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and I think that there's a lot of room for exploring what and who Obi-Wan is about, who he is as an individual, who he was in relation to like being the negotiator, being someone who was a general in the war and who is he now that he's not a Jedi, that he doesn't fight with a lightsaber. We see him often in this trailer fighting with a, a gun. And I think, I don't know. I just think it's interesting in the fact that I think in the conversation about like, what are we going to explore in this show? This trailer brings up a lot of points that I think Caitlin and I were eager to kind of explore in this time period already that what does the Jedi code even mean anymore? What does, what does that even mean for Obi-Wan, someone who is so close to the Jedi code? Now he's watching over um, Anakin and Padme's son, who is like, his existence is like a mere defiance of the Jedi code, but that doesn't change the fact that Luke is for what Obi-Wan thinks, if we're subscribing to what you said before, Caitlin, the chosen one. So how does Obi-Wan wrestle with that concept? And how does he think about his failure? I mean, he in the very beginning of this teaser, he even says that, you know, the fight is done, we lost. And they did lose, but what does that mean for him? And so um, I'm ready for like depressed Obi-Wan and dealing with all that, but I just wanted to bring that up because I think that this trailer actually underneath it all really does explore like some of the themes that we've been wanting Obi-Wan in this time period to explore and also like what I think the show is going to touch on. I'm really pumped about it. Yeah, I think and you had all you had mentioned like him thinking about the chosen one and his purpose in the Jedi code and and how it all relates to Luke, but also his own attachment to Anakin and what Luke represents as far as his brotherly love to Anakin because even though Obi-Wan is the the quintessential Jedi he was still incredibly attached to Anakin and couldn't bring himself to actually do the thing and kill him and I just there's going to be so much angst and I don't want to set myself up to expect that all of these things that we're talking about as it relates to like Obi-Wan and his psyche or even you know, these larger themes of the galaxy and this time period, that it's all going to happen within this series <laughs> because it can't. Um, and that's yeah. a really big expectation uh -huh. to expect. You know, I want Obi-Wan to think about his definition of the chosen one. I want him to reflect on how much he misses Anakin. I want him to reflect on the Jedi code and how it all failed. And like, I think that pieces of all of this can be present in this show and I hope they are but I don't want to expect all of them to be fully fleshed out because I don't think I don't think that would necessarily make a good story number one um, especially if we are looking at just like a limited series if this is what six episodes um, that's not a ton of time in the grand scheme of things it's certainly a lot of time mm -hmm. but I don't know I just I need to keep my expectations a little bit in check because I have such high expectations for this show and for a character like Obi-Wan that we have spent a lot of time talking about in the past year in a way that you and I really haven't on the show. So I, I just need to bring myself down to earth just a little bit. But that being said, I 
Like, I do think that all of those things are going to play a part in the show and in who Obi-Wan is. I don't know. It's really fascinating to kind of think about what route they're going to take him. And you had mentioned this to Charlotte about like how they're going to connect this to when we get into a new hope period and kind of the struggles of that. And I, that's something that's so unique to Star Wars, right? About, you know, they're always hopping time periods and one thing is always connecting to another and we're going back and filling in a gap of time. And this is just such an interesting period because it really is defined by loss and by tragedy and by the empire taking over. And Obi-Wan is going to feel that in such a huge way. I think even more so than like our rebels crew did, even though they're like they're in the same time period. But for Obi-Wan, it's going to be so much more angsty. And the trailer even talks about like hope is still here like hope is still present i forget what the the what it actually says but it talks about hope and i can't wait to see like how they really bring in the theme of hope into a show like kenobi when obi-wan has literally lost everything and he is going to be exiled on tatooine is partially exiled on tatooine you know like He's got some hard years coming up for him, hard years he's already experienced to post Revenge of the Sith. And I, I'm i interested to see how Obi-Wan feels hope in the galaxy now, especially when we start off with a line like, the fight is done, we lost. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. Let's talk about Owen and Baru and Luke and <laughs> the fact that Joel Egerton is in this show and he's like such a good actor now. The fact that George like hired him a long time ago and then now he's kind of exploded. I I, I feel like we're really lucky <laughs> and I want yeah, to acknowledge that. And I think that Star Wars recognizes that too because I think that Owen is going to have a pretty big role in this or at least a significant role, maybe not a huge role like Obi-Wan, but he's going to have some scenes, okay? And I... I'm eager to see how, the, how this plays out and how it alters my point of view of Owen and Baru in A New Hope because I always look at Owen as someone who is gruff and really not that compassionate, but I know he is. It's just that's my perspective. So I want to know if like, and I know it, I, would, I know it's going to happen. I know I'm going to look at them differently after this show in A New Hope and I'm really excited about that. I also want to like just point out because we haven't given space to this that I think it's really, really adorable that Luke has on like in this shot, he's on top of the little igloo thingy and he <laughs> is uh, uh, looking like he is riding a pod racer and he has the pod racer glasses that Anakin had and he's like the same age as Anakin when we first met Anakin in um, The Phantom Menace, which I, I don't know. I just feel like this is just a really interesting round robin going back to what I was saying about um about uh duel of the fates before about how like that's musical piece is about the fate of this boy Anakin and now again everything is about the fate of this other boy Anakin's son on Tatooine it's like I know it's poetry I know it rhymes but <laughs> dang it gets me every time okay it gets me every time we should stop calling it poetry and only call it round robin now okay all right fair fair we should we should <laughs> yeah I think that it was nearly too cute for me to handle <laughs> and you had mentioned this earlier, Charlotte, but like the beginning shots of the trailer kind of set up exactly what 
we thought Obi-Wan was going to be doing during this time. And it totally did. Like binoculars on the cliffside watching Tiny Lou. <laughs> like I think that's what I had only kind yeah. of pictured Obi-Wan doing during this time period. <laughs> and they kind of gave it to me exactly. verbatim as I imagined it, you know? Yeah. And then they sort of scrambled it all up. And now <laughs> we got everything from Vader Castle that's on uh, Oceany Planet now. I don't know. What is that? We got to talk about that. It, the shot looks amazing. To Inquisitors now, to like Empire type sets that again look really cinematic to now this new planet called Dayu, which I think was described similarly to like a Hong Kongy type uh, metropolitan cosmopolitan type city. And I've seen, I've even seen people reference how those shots look really similar to the canceled game, uh, the underworld game and like 1313. I think that's right. Um, which it really did when you put it side by side. I was like, wow, I think that that's really cool. And then it's like very clear this is going to be a space adventure. And Caitlin, what do you think about the Inquisitors being in the show and how it's pretty clear that they're setting them up to be the like antagonist, the villain? I know that Vader is present and you hear him breathing at the end, but it's pretty clear that the Inquisitors, including this new one that we haven't ever met before, her name is Reva, um, who seems awesome. I, What do you think about the fact that that is a big part of the show? I'm super excited. I think it it tracks nicely with what we've seen in Rebels. Like it, it makes sense. Um, they set them up in Rebels, and they should be the ones to be hunting Obi Wan. And I wonder if Vader tried to do it himself for a while, and Palpatine was like, "No, you're too like I can't let you get near Obi Wan." Basically, so he sends the Inquisitors or tells the Inquisitors to do it. Like who knows how all of, maybe someone knows how all of that is set up. I don't know how it's set up, <laughs> like the the origin of the Inquisitors. But I think it's really fun to see them in live action. I'm the spinning helicopter lightsaber. Sign me the F up. I cannot wait to see this in live action. It's going to be so cool. And I, I think that it, it's exciting to see the Inquisitors, especially like force using Inquisitors because the, I think just like the juxtaposition of them with someone like Obi-Wan is really cool. And our conversation that we're kind of always having about like other force users in the galaxy, right? The the force does not just belong to the Jedi and you won't like only dark side force users are Sith. Like they can be called something else like an Inquisitor. You know, there is a spectrum of how people use the force and their connection to it. And I think that that's really cool. I'm excited to explore that some more in Kenobi. I think it's a fun addition and I think they make for good villains. Honestly, I always thought they've made for good villains. Um, I will also say that as I referenced earlier, thinking about like other Jedi being around at this time, remember the super scary Luminara mummy is from the Inquisitors in Rebels. So are we going to see anything else super freaky like that? (laughs) Yes. Yes, we will. We have to. I, the, just the fact that like, I I don't know. It fills me with so much joy that Rebels is now the thing that is being referenced from animation. I feel like it's oftentimes Clone Wars and I feel like we're entering our Rebels era and (laughs) I'm here for it. I want more people to watch the show. It's so good. And of course it would be referenced and talked about and things like details from it would come into this 
time period because that was Disney's first show. Like we can't forget about that, right? Like when Disney bought Lucasfilm, that was the first thing that came out underneath it. It's like their own imprint. So of course they're going to draw from it. And it has been a while. I felt like they didn't really do it for a while. And I don't know. It brought me a lot of joy to see the spinning lightsaber. Yeah. You you mentioned the helicopter. We didn't see the helicopter in action in this, but I really hope it comes up because it's just so crazy. And if they, <laughs> it might be like so awesome in live action. It's one of those things that I like gets memed so much in the Star Wars <laughs> fandom for being like, wow, that's so dramatic, so crazy. But in live action, it might look even crazier, but in like a good way and like a positive way, not necessarily a negative way. And I'm here for it. Bring it on. I want the weird. And I, Star Wars live action has been bringing the weird. So that's very <laughs> true. It. That's very true. Yeah. I remember when we first saw them in Rebels, the internet was just on fire with like, what are these? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it'll be the same in live action, honestly, but I really want to see it. I think it'll be so fun. Um, one thing I think we should talk about that we haven't talked about yet is Obi-Wan and his exile. Uh, is he? Are the things we're seeing on these other planets like Dayu, are they flashbacks perhaps before he actually begins his permanent residency on Tatooine? Is he leaving Tatooine a lot during like his whole exile there? Does it matter? Should it matter? Um. I think this is like a moot point. He's leaving and I think we need to be okay with it. And I think they are present just based off of the fact that we see, um, I guess like it doesn't have to be, there's no, I'm looking at the trailer right now. There's no reason why. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I stand on it. I think he is number one. I think he is leaving and I'm fine with it. I think it's fine. It's, this is an adventure, a six part, limited series and I'm ready for it. And if he leaves the planet, it better be for a darn good reason. And we're going to figure out why. Yeah. That's no. my take. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I, I assumed that it was all present, but then when I was rewatching the trailer a couple of times, I thought, Oh, maybe this could actually be a flashback. And what does that mean? But yeah, I, I'm with you. I do actually think it's present. I think there's a chance it could be flashback, but I more inclined to think that it's present time and that he, is leaving Tatooine and that this is ultimately okay. I think it's fine because we do see in the beginning of the trailer him saying stay hidden. That's what he says basically while he's watching Luke or, you know, mm -hmm. that's what the shot leads you to believe is that he says that when he's watching over Luke. So if he thinks that the Inquisitors are hunting him to Tatooine, it would make sense that he would kind of throw off their trail, um, throw off the scent and leave Tatooine take care of the Inquisitors, and then be able to come back and, you know, f continue to watch over Luke once once no one is after him or once people think he's dead, too. Yeah. I think that something that Star Wars trailers as of late do is don't give away the story at all and just are just filled with, like, epic vibes. And I think that that's what this one does. I think we get a sense that it does dip our toes in the fact that, yes, Obi-Wan is on Tatooine. Yes, Luke you're going to see Luke a little bit. You're going to see Owen and Baru. That's going to be a central conflict. I think we we know that and we've known that since the cast list was released a long time ago. Um, but what the trailer does is, no, this is an adventure. 
where the stakes are high, here are the main players, including the Inquisitors, who you might be familiar with from Rebels or uh, Fallen Order or something. And uh, yeah, so the stakes are high and things uh, do be happening. And it's not just going to be a slow-paced adventure on Tatooine. It's going to be different. And I think this this show will give us flashbacks. I don't know if we saw any of them here. I think in terms of like in the trailer what is present day and what isn't i even i would go as far to say that maybe some of the stuff in the beginning is before that logo comes up before duel of the fates happens when battle of the heroes is playing i would say that that is sort of a time period that sort of catches up with obi-wan to the present day of the show meaning we'll probably see him living in caves and like figuring out life with his EOP (laughs) as we saw um, in the beginning before we dive into the adventure. That's kind of what I think. And that's kind of what I think the, the pace of the trailer leads me to believe. So when are we going to see ghost Anakin? (laughs) (laughs) I don't. So here's the thing. Okay. No, don't say it. (laughs) No, no, no. I think we'll get ghost Anakin. Okay. Okay. Or like cr- something creepy, like a, a premonition that is in his dreams or something. I don't know. It's not going to be ghosts because he's not dead. But maybe we'll get yeah, a, a sort of like dream sequence. I think it would be so cool if Obi-Wan had a dream sequence that was like plaguing him, similar to Anakin having a dream sequence that was plaguing him. Like it works and I want them to do it. But I think that'll happen like in the caves, I think. Like when he's like um, being a hermit, like exploring what being a hermit is, you know? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we, we saw dreams a lot in Book of Boba Fett. So I think I think it makes sense for them to continue that pattern, especially with someone like Obi-Wan as a Force user and one who tends to take the Force quite literally. Um, will he talk to Qui-Gon again? Will he have any communication with Yoda? You know. Yes, there, yes I think. Yeah, I agree. There are a lot of people that are still out in the galaxy that – Obi-Wan could have contact with and I think he will have contact with honestly especially if he's being actively hunted when there are people who know Mm -hmm. that he is there with Luke Skywalker you know Mm -hmm. I also think that we're gonna see the tension the divide between Owen and Obi-Wan throughout this show so I think that that will come up we do have that great scene that we see a, a moment of in the in the trailer of Owen and Reva Reva and looks looks really good. I'm here for the tension. Looks like they're yeah yeah, and also it kind of looks like they're fighting in one shot. I don't know, not confirmed, but yeah 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 yeah. So all that to say is, I think another aspect of this and like kind of building up to a new hope and everything will be the divide between Owen and Obi Wan and how Owen wants Obi Wan to stay away from Luke probably because of a lot of the things that are happening here like him being actively hunted and and everything like that you know what I mean so I think you were right to say earlier Charlotte that we absolutely will have a new kind of perspective of Owen and Beru but I also think there'll be that kind of sadness there that Owen and Beru don't want Obi-Wan to really have any part in Luke's life and I wonder if maybe Obi-Wan did like when Luke was a baby baby you know who knows Yeah, one of the few pieces of Star Wars canon that 
we know about Obi-Wan from this time period actually shows it's it's in a comic and it's when it's like a journal. It might even be called like Journal of the Wills or Journal of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I can't remember. It's been a long time. This came out in like 2015, 2016 um, of basically Owen screaming at Obi-Wan to like stay away from Luke and never have any contact with Luke. And I don't remember how old Luke was here, um, but it might've been around here and maybe we'll see that piece of comic come to life or something. But I think Caitlin, you're so right that I will probably trace that relationship sort of breaking down because I don't think there's any ill will in, um, in Revenge of the Sith. But I mean, to me, I understand why Owen and Baru wouldn't want Obi-Wan to be a permanent fixture in Luke's life if Obi-Wan was a magnet for danger and mm-hmm. had a, you know, a wanted poster that followed him around everywhere. Like it makes perfect sense. And Obi-Wan should realize that. And I think that's why he kind of elevates, is elevated to like weird old hermit who lives in the desert vibes that, <laughs> that Luke comes to know him as later, even with the name change of Ben Kenobi. When are we going to get that? Right. Like the show is called Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it's not called Ben Kenobi. So I also wonder if the show is going to talk about the name change a, a little bit and how, what the transition there is. Um, I don't know. I, I think that you're right that there's going to be a breakdown of relationship. And I, I think that by the end of it, we're going to see Obi, uh, Owen and Baru's point of view. And also I think it'll make their death in a new hope more tragic. It's already pretty tragic. Okay. It's brutal, but I think that we'll be able to see like, oh, they were they were really good protectors of Luke. And some of their methods were like harshing Luke's big dreams, but it was not the time or the place. And he needed his call to adventure bef- later. And like that happened in A New Hope. And it was meant to happen there. It wasn't meant to happen anytime before. And I think that we'll, we'll come to understand that even more. This is totally going to have the Order 66 effect. Of Clone Wars yeah. to Order 66. Yeah, it totally will. Oh, it no. totally will. <laughs> also, speaking of Order 66, I bet we'll see Order 66 again because Lucasfilm can't stop. They just can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to hurt. I know. It always does. It always does. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> One thing I did want to talk about a little bit is the this relationship that I want to talk a little bit more about between Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi and how the trailer starts off with a reminder that that's why Obi-Wan is on Tatooine and how Luke in the sequel trilogy even sort of emulates the vibe of old Ben Kenobi that we know in A New Hope that he becomes the hermit figure that he sort of uh, disappears, that he is Luke Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi is depressed over his own actions. And I want to sort of draw that line again to how Obi-Wan in this show is also going to be depressed about his own actions and how both these characters are elevated to legend status and what that does. And I just wanted to mention that here because I think that this whole like – I said it in the beginning of the show about how it's like this round robin, I guess, or like this cyclical effect. I just, I can't get over it sometimes about this, these similarities between Luke Skywalker as a character and Ben Kenobi as a character and how one was a guardian of 
the other. And then not only that, but Luke Skywalker becomes a guardian of another Ben later. And it's just like, it sort of blows my mind (laughs) sometimes. And I think that even by Obi-Wan's costume choice in this series it seems like he's incorporating a lot of grays and tans and obviously he was going to I think he was going to do that anyway that's what how we see him in A New Hope like this costume isn't like groundbreaking or surprising at all but it does align to me with Luke's look in the sequel trilogy and I I don't know we have these figures of legendary Jedi struggling to understand what it means to be a, a mentor figure of a, a leader. How does it, what does it mean to follow the Jedi code? What does it mean to be a Jedi? And um, while I'm sure these big questions aren't going to be fully answered, like you mentioned earlier, um, I just want to constantly be thinking about how Obi-Wan relates to Luke and how these characters sort of bounce off each other in terms of archetypes and um, characters and journeys, uh, which I find, I just, I just find it curious because it's not like Obi-Wan is a Skywalker, but he has these, this direct connection to Skywalkers constantly. That's what I think the show will (laughs) also explore. And I'm fascinated by it. And I'm really, really looking forward to talking about it weekly with you because I'm sure it's going to give us more, especially because we didn't even see Hayden in this trailer. I'm sure we're going to get flashbacks there that will reinforce the the Skywalker connection and the friendship and the brotherhood. And even on some level, this like parenting figure uh, that could arise or I, we don't know the relationship between Obi-Wan and Luke at like thus far could have completely changed. Maybe when he was younger, it was different, but I don't know. There's a lot there that I'm looking forward to exploring. Yeah, I think that's a really good parallel to kind of keep in mind as we're moving into the Kenobi show, because even to your point about Luke in The Last Jedi, Luke references Obi-Wan as the one who failed Anakin. So there's like that direct, like Luke references Obi-Wan, which I think is very specific. And I remember not expecting that from Luke uh, in The Last Jedi. Like I was surprised. I was surprised by his whole prequel monologue, basically, but especially the kind of explicit reference that it was. Obi-Wan who failed Anakin. Um, And I think, yeah, like even though Obi-Wan is not, you know, a Skywalker, Obi-Wan and Luke have very similar roles like throughout these three trilogies, right? Like Obi-Wan, you know, in some ways fails Anakin, protects Luke. Like Obi-Wan is this fulcrum between Anakin and Luke. And then Luke is this fulcrum between Anakin and Ben. Like, I don't know. They both have very important roles to these characters, to these generations on kind of either side of them. Like if I'm looking at them, if I'm looking at Anakin, Obi-Wan, Luke, Ben kind of in a, in a line, like a timeline, they have these like similar impacts or they have big impacts on the characters that bookend them um, because they're often like in the middle of the stories and like also in the middle of trilogies too. I just think it's really fascinating. And I think I think you're right to bring up this comparison between Obi-Wan and Luke. It's it's a really interesting one to track, especially Obi-Wan like dealing with his own grief over what happened, which is something that we we want to see more like more of Luke's story and his grieving what happened with his own student, you know what I mean? It's it's a really interesting thing to watch and I wonder how this story could potentially influence, inform a future story about Luke. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, I don't know. I, it is something to keep in mind and yeah, I'm really eager to, to explore it. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up is the fact that we don't see Obi-Wan use a lightsaber at all. And I think this goes back to like his relationship with the Jedi. Obviously he can't use a lightsaber because it's a Jedi's weapon. It makes perfect sense, but I think they're really saving us from seeing Obi-Wan use a lightsaber until he duels Vader. And I think it's number one. I like seeing Obi-Wan with the blaster. I think it's cool. <laughs> um, and I, I think the, the vibes are there. Okay. Um, but I think they're really building us to this like epic duel. I don't know how epic it's going to be, but <laughs> I I think it's going to be epic, but I uh they're really like leading us to okay, so when is the time that Obi-Wan is going to ignite his lightsaber? When is that going to happen? And what is the point in which he feels like he can do that or needs to do that? Um that's obviously like major speculation based off of like one minute and 46 seconds of footage that we've seen. But um, the lightsaber is in the logo of the series. So we're leading to it in some form or fashion. And I'm just, I'm waiting for it. I, I think it's, it's kind of funny. what do you think about that? Uh, I just had a really cursed thought. Oh no. <laughs> what if Obi-Wan, oh no buries his lightsaber on Tatooine when he first that's gets cursed there. it's cursed <laughs> it's cursed that's really that's cursed I'm really sorry guys when you were talking I was like oh no oh no <laughs> um yeah would I hate that though I don't know if I would no I would it actually make sense for him to do that I I would it makes sense <laughs> it makes that's the that's the awful thing right it makes sense for Obi-Wan yeah. to hide, put away his lightsaber. You know, we see Ahsoka abandon her lightsabers in Clone Wars. Um, we saw, like, Kanan and Ezra modify their lightsabers. Like, Kanan only brings his out in very, like, him revealing his lightsaber for the first time in Rebels was, like, a huge thing. He's calling himself out as a Jedi. And so, obvious, and, like, Ezra's was disguised as a blaster, right? So what is Obi-Wan going to do with his? Um Maybe for a while he hides it and then he has to bring it back out. Like I think him using the lightsaber in Twin Suns was a really big deal. Like he didn't really resort to that until Maul basically threatens Luke. And so I kind of imagine that it's 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 gonna like the build like you're right, the buildup is gonna be important to the lightsaber, as it usually is, especially with characters like Luke, like Ray, like Obi-Wan. The the first time they ignite the lightsaber on screen is always a big deal but i do wonder where he's keeping it <laughs> in the interim mm. <laughs> really interesting thought i yeah it just to me this is a situation where i think it would make sense but ooh, the discourse would be annoying <laughs> yeah no i don't i don't want it i'm gonna be real yeah. <laughs> he does keep oh well we see Will we see how he has Anakin? In the in his like house, he keeps it in the chest. Yeah. Yes. He keeps it in the chest. Yeah. But that's later. And he has a house. Like he doesn't have the house in the beginning of this. It seems like he's sleeping in the cave. Like that photo <laughs> that was in in EW today. There's a bunch of photos that were released and we, we're not really talking about them individually, but the one in the cave, I feel like Jedi can sleep anywhere. And I just feel like that cave situation is exactly where he's living now. <laughs> he's like a cave dweller. And uh, 
I don't think he has the little hermit house yet. He he hasn't found a realtor yet. No, yeah, no tattooing realtor. Yeah. Maybe it's Owen. Maybe it is. Like, that would be interesting. <laughs> that, like, yeah, Owen figures it out that he's, he lives over there far away um, and <laughs> has a place to live and not be, like, a creeper by the family <laughs> with the binoculars. <laughs> Where we? I was like, I feel like this is the second time I've talked about real estate agents in the galaxy, in the Star Wars universe. Oh, we were talking about it with Luke on his in his temple that it took him a while to find real estate. Yeah. And now again, the parallels between Luke and Obi Wan. Difficult time mm-hmm. finding real estate agents and brokers, and you know, it's it's hard to to buy land to buy a house. Yeah. What did you think of the looks of the fifth brother? The fact that the fifth brother is in this and the Grand Inquisitor. Like, what did you think about the transition between animation and live action? I think it's always going to kind of be shocking to see animated characters in live action, like more shocking than the reverse, right, of live action into animation i think the the shock is always going to be greater and kind of in a lot of ways the disconnect too i think we're it's harder to realize an animated character especially one that is not human um into live action like with different textured skin with you know um we saw this with like ahsoka and her head tails like that was not great um with her look and i think it's just always going to be hard so i will say i was kind of oh, wow, there they are. Like, they stand out. But I think it's because I'm used to seeing them as in in animation. You know what I mean? Um, I will say I do think that, like, Fifth Brother kind of, I guess, shocked me less than the Grand Inquisitor. Um, but I think, I think it'll just take a minute to get used to them. You know what I mean? And like, oh, this is their look. This is how it's realized in live action. I even think, like, with Bo-Katan, like, her armor – like that was even kind of shocking to see it in real life, like with texture and things like that, especially because Rebels kind of has, I don't know how to describe it, but like a smoother like texture, like the color blocking is like smoother and um, I don't really know how to talk about it, but like flatter in some ways in Rebels. And I don't mean that negatively, like it's just to see it in 3D from 2D to 3D is a big switch. And I think that it's going to be like that for any animated character. Um, And I felt that for every animated character. So, and I felt it for them, but I'm really excited to see them. So I think it's just going to take, it's going to take like an episode to, to settle in to that. This is how they look in live action. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that what you're looking for in terms of the word for how to describe it is probably like Macquarie-esque because it's like an art style that is specific to Ralph Macquarie. And that's why it looks like not flatter, but more artistic, more painterly rather than realistic. Yeah. Anyway, I think that they look fine, but I see some people's criticisms to it. And I think it is, you're right. I think it's always going to be a little jarring. I am waiting until I actually see them in action and not like in a 10 second clip, maybe less than that. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's always going to be jarring and it's always going to be like a little uncomfortable and like weird. I think the, I think the Grand Inquisitor is tough because the Grand Inquisitor always had like that long head mm-hmm. that very is- angular. Uh, yeah, well, it's like the 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 species is from Utapau, so it's like similar to actually something that we've already seen in live action. So I understand people's criticisms there because it's something that we've already seen with that um, 
I forget his name, uh, on Utapau that Obi-Wan actually talks to when in Revenge of the Sith. It's the same creature. It's the same type of alien. So that already exists. And it, I think uh, the Grand Inquisitor looks different. Again, it's fine. It's it's fake. It's in space. But I think it's going to take me a second too. And I just want to see more of it before I make a final judgment call. However, I will say like one thing is that I'm really excited for this slew of new characters that we're going to get in this. Like, I think that this show very easily could have been like Obi-Wan, Vader, Owen, Beru, and uh, and Luke, and like that's it. But it's pretty clear that there's a large cast of characters and people. I mean, even Indira Varma, um, Moses Ingram, Sung Kang, like we have a – it's a great cast, first off. This cast is awesome. And we didn't even see some of the people that they had mentioned in that um, – in that graphic that they posted like last year. And uh, I am just really excited for these new characters and I'm hopeful for, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for it because it feels larger scale. It makes it feel a little bit more cinematic to me um, than just like a small limited release. Like we talked about in the beginning, how the trailer feels really like it's a movie. And I think I get that sense because it seems like there's a larger cast. Um, and a lot of interesting new characters, not just Obi-Wan. I'm ready for a good angsty time. Yes, me too. Let's go. (laughs) We ride a dawn for the good angst. (laughs) We will because we'll be up early for it. This Okay, I'm going to be real, Caitlin. This might be a show I stay up for. (laughs) Okay. That's my commitment. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You heard it here, guys. It's not going to be week to week, okay? If only we lived on the West Coast because we're going to be in celebration. We're going to be in Anaheim when this premieres on that Tuesday night at midnight. And so Caitlin and I will be able to watch it together. And I I assume some of you listening are also going to be in Anaheim. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But, like, it's going to be mania being able to, like, break down this – in in like a celebration zone and then also celebrate the show premiering at celebration only a couple days later, like the next day. It's so crazy. And we're so like, I'm so excited. Um, and so that'll be at midnight. So we get to experience that at midnight and that's going to feel like totally normal. <laughs> right. And then we're going to go home the next week and be like, not the 3 a.m. wake up call. <laughs> it's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, it is. it is. Especially because by that time, um, in when we're in Anaheim, because we're getting to Anaheim a couple of days ahead of celebration to go to Disneyland. And I feel like we'll be acclimated to the time change by that point. So the midnight will be totally fine. Um, yeah. But then the next week is. It'll be after the con. We'll be so exhausted. Um, 3 a.m. will roll around <laughs> very early slash late. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be – we're going to be so tired that next week, <laughs> but it'll be great. I, uh, I'm i so excited. I'm, I don't know. I, I It's going to be like Obi-Wan mania, I feel like. Yeah, I'm truly so excited to be at Celebration when Obi-Wan appears or premieres more or less when Obi-Wan appears. (laughs) But it's... (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just Celebration after two years. We were supposed to go in 2020. We're coming back. It's going to be in Anaheim in May at the premiere of 
Obi-Wan Kenobi show. At, I just like I can't get over it. Like Kenobi's going to be out and we're going to be able to talk about it and everyone's going to be talking about it at Celebration. Like I'm I'm sure Ewan will be there. Like I'd put money on it. I'm sure a lot of them will be there. I'm sure Hayden will be there. Like, yeah, no, I said it. Is that it? <laughs> it just, it's it's going to be so much fun to have this brand new Star Wars thing that everyone will be talking about. And I remember in 2019 talking about uh, the Mandalorian and like the, that panel and the trailer and like the little behind the scenes featurette that they gave us. And it was so much fun. And wow, I just I can't wait for that experience. Me too. It's going to be amazing. And if you're not coming to Celebration, it's okay. We'll provide all of the excitement on our podcast and like we'll pretend like you're there. It's okay. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Don't worry. We will make you feel like you're there. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, is there anything else we need to kind of talk about now about the Obi-Wan Kenobi teaser trailer? I don't think so besides the fact that it was just so amazing and it was like a euphoric experience and I'm just so excited about the show and (laughs) it's going to be amazing. Oh my God. (laughs) We're only like two-ish months away. It's going to – the countdown is now. It's really close. It's really close. It's going to be here before we know it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. All right. I'm really excited. I hope you guys are too. Thank you so much for tuning in to our, you know, reaction of the teaser trailer of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I feel like our reaction episodes are always kind of all over the place, but that's just, you know, a look into our brains when these things come out. Um, So I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you want to talk all things Obi-Wan Kenobi, you can find us on Twitter at SkyTalkersPod or our personal handles. Mine is at Caitlin Plusher and Charlotte's is at Clarity. We also have have our TikTok, our Instagram, and our Facebook page. You can also email us, hello at skytalkers.com. Those are all places you can find us. Also on skytalkers.com, you can find our merch if you're interested in getting anything with the Skytalkers logo on it. We have some really great options there for you. I know I say this every time I bring up the merch, but I really do love my little baby camper mug that has the Skytalkers logo on it. So I'll just plug that once again. (laughs) Um, And if you have (laughs) left us a review on iTunes, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And also if you've left us a review on Spotify, we really appreciate that too. Um, It helps other people find our show. And if you're interested in other ways to support us, you can head on over to our Patreon and check out our reward tiers there and how to get involved in our great, wonderful, fabulous Discord community. And I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons, Madison, Hayden, Trevor, Colin, Allie, Sophia, BB, Nate, Andrew, Mason and Sophia, Aubrey, Emily, Angela, Amanda, Ian, Kelly, Niall, Ryan, Aaron, and Stephanie. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.